Hello, hello my friends, my family, my community, my tribe. Welcome to the Hippie Moms Podcast. Welcome. Oh, I've missed you so much. I'm going to tell you, it has been hard to work and publish and write and do all the things that my creative soul wishes to do because it's summertime. The kids are home. I don't get a lot of time by myself and um, I struggle with that, but I'm also at a point where I'm just embracing it and sinking into summer and all the stickiness and all of the the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, right? Because that's life, my friends. Um, It's all what we make of it and it's all what we choose to see the perspective from, right? We always have a filter we look through. So um, I've just been sinking in and enjoying and I've got a little time uh, today to publish this podcast that I've been so excited to share. Um, This is a very important podcast for me and I share that because this is all about our sexuality. Now I'm going to tell you, um, I published a podcast with Susan Bratton It is the second most listened to podcast um, of all podcasts, and the title is Why You Don't Want to Have Sex with Your Husband. Now, I want you to know, like, I have so many friends and so many women and mothers that I know that really struggle in this area of having sex, of having pleasure, and I've struggled for a very long time. I've been very honest with that. And I am coming into my own. And through a lot of work, through a lot of healing around shame around sexuality, because here's the thing, my friends, from the get-go, we are told that sex is bad. As women, we are told we are shamed if we show too much. We're either sluts, promiscuous, or we don't give it up. I mean, where's the middle ground there? There's like, there's like, it's like either way you are not enough. And so through life, you know, we're shown all these, you know, women are sexualized, but at the same time, we can't be that. And if we want to be sexual, if we want to feel this freedom, we're going to be judged. Now I'm 43 years old and I am fucking tired, excuse my language of living small and playing small. Like the next half of my life is going to, it is, I already feel is, is I am here to be divinely me, to really step in to who I am without shame, without fear. Um, now of course that takes time. It takes healing. I'm doing a lot of healing, a lot of inner work. And a lot of the work is around my sexuality and all the shame and, What I really want to do is because I know so many of my friends and the women around me are suffering this way. I want to bring uh, people like Suzanne uh, Nadarian, and you're going to love her. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, She is a sacred sexuality teacher and an accredited sex, love, and relationship coach. She helps people awaken to their sexuality, spirituality, and aliveness. Her work helps people to have deeper connections with themselves, their sexuality, spirituality, and relationships, right? Don't we all want that? Um, She's going to tell you a little bit about her story in the beginning, so I'm not going to give it up, but 
she can relate to feeling disconnected, disconnected from her sexuality, her aliveness, disconnected from her body. And as moms, you know, it's like you give, give, give. And the last thing you really feel like is giving more in intimacy. And I know how hard and devastating that can be on relationships. I've, I've, my husband and I have experienced that. It has been something that has always been a very difficult point for us. We literally just recently have moved past this enormous hurdle together and it has been beautiful and it's been crazy amazing and scary and all the things. And what I'm hoping that this podcast does is it just gives you the first steps to finding pleasure. And it doesn't have to be sexual because the thing is pleasure is everywhere. It's all around us. We just have to tune in. We have to be intentional and make a decision like I am going to live in pleasure. I am going to, uh, she talks about microdosing pleasure. I cannot wait for you to listen to this podcast. Um, thank you for being patient with me, all of my avid listeners and my people that I love you so much. Um, we have one more month until school gets back and I'll be publishing again and sending my emails. And if you want to sign up for my emails, and I know a lot of people don't like emails, but I really share a lot of stories. I let you know when podcasts are coming out, a lot of tips for holistic living and all the things that is in this journey of living a more healthy, holistic, and happy life. And living up to our sexual potential is one of them. And I am going there, you guys. I'm going there. I'm 43. I really feel like the mid, this mid, um, mid-age, whatever you call it, is really where women really start to step into themselves and step into their own. And I really hope to help younger mothers and all the people that I can to truly um, embrace this journey and embrace their sexuality and connection to their body. Okay, I've said so much. Let's let's dive into the podcast. I can't wait for you to listen. Right, Suzanne, thank you so much for coming on the Hippie Moms Podcast. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. This is going to be such a fun conversation. And before we kind of dive in, I would love for you to share with our listeners your story. How did you get into the work of teaching and really uh, moving in to be the conduit of sacred sexuality? Oh, that's such a great, it's such a great question. And my story really is I came onto this planet as a seeker, right? I pursued to depth every spiritual tradition I could all through my young years and I married someone who was on my spiritual path. We were deeply committed to it together. We had two children within a really lovely community. But what I found was the sex in my marriage had died, that I couldn't access my sexual self. And especially after I had children. But I think now looking back, the markers were all there. And so here I was in this marriage and I didn't know what to do. So I turned that same lens that I had turned on my parenting. I had parented, you know, I had been, my kids aren't grown yet. I was parenting consciously. I had done all of the ways to be a conscious parent. And I felt this deep loss and longing for my sexual self. Mm. So I turned that part of me that may, that is a spiritual seeker towards sexuality. And I just started, I was already working as a healer and I just started studying in depth, everything I could get my hands on. I went on to do a 
a two-year, 600-hour, almost a master's level training in sacred sexuality. And I continue now to like keep, keep studying and training with my teachers' teachers and their teachers because there's a richness of tradition past woman to woman mm. of sacred sexuality, of knowing the power of our bodies that we know as mothers, we know when we're pregnant, we know sometimes when we're birthing, right? Yeah, yes. But connecting that to the part of our sexuality that is pleasurable, satisfying, all those beautiful things, sometimes there's a disconnect. And when I mm-hmm. felt that I could reconnect those things and grow them to an even greater depth, I couldn't wait to tell women about this because so many of us are suffering. I know I was in silence about this. Yes. Oh, I, I think it is. Um... I think that is the norm, unfortunately. And I love having these conversations because, you know, sex is something that a lot of us feel shame around. And I wanted to ask, you know, why is it that we feel so disconnected from our sexuality? What are some of the things that have um, kind of inhibited us Mm -hmm. from really getting into our pleasure and our, and our sexuality? I think we really have to start with the culture we live in. We essentially live in a sexually violent culture, a sexually, a culture that is completely commodified. So women's bodies are used to sell us everything, including how, including how our bodies should be, how they should look, right? Everything. And so, you know, to be able to connect to the truth of our bodies and our pleasure is sort of the last thing on the list. Our bodies belong to our babies, they belong to our partners, they belong to consumer culture. The last thing on the list we're ever taught, even when we're little girls, we're taught like, keep your legs closed, you know, not because you're sacred and you deserve to make a conscious choice about who you allow access to your most sacred center, Mm. but because somebody will, whatever, the whole cow milk thing, right? Somebody will take the milk without paying for the cow as though I'm something to be bought like a cow, right? So like, it's, there's never any deep, connected messaging about our own sacredness. And that once we realize that, then it becomes a resource for ourselves, for the world, for our partners, for everyone in our lives. It's just the last thing. If we're ever told that it's the last thing we're told. And that's what I want to tell women, like your, our bodies belong to us. That is all over, right? In the, in the, in the conversation today is how how is it that our bodies don't even belong to us on these very basic levels? Mm. And so starting there with the earliest messaging, religious messaging, political messaging, personal messaging, our first sexual experiences are sometimes really not the greatest, no. right? No. So where would we even have room to begin to explore the truth of this incredible wellspring of power that's inside of us? Oh, I love it. And, and truly, we need women like you to educate us because we know our mothers are in the same cycles as we are. You know, they're just as disconnected as we are and their mothers and their mothers. And it, there really is this awakening and this divine feminine that is, that is coming into the consciousness and, and truly, you know, awakening our sexuality is so vital because we are so worthy of pleasure. Right. That to think about awakening our own authentic pleasure as of service to the planet, to Mm -hmm. the divine feminine, right. To this awakening that is happening and that it starts with us and our relationship with our bodies and to each other as women, to, to each other as sisters on this planet, to think about it that way. And to think 
there's, I mean, we know the power of our bodies to bring life into the world. It's that same life force that is this incredible wellspring for all kinds of spiritual realization, personal healing. A lot of us do, a lot of women I work with are dealing with either uh, trauma that has not been able to be fully resolved or uh, lack of desire, lack of connection to their bodies, lack of interest in sex. And, you know, I had that, I thought I was broken. I thought there's something wrong with me that I can't figure out why I don't have a desire for this. I had never had the chance to really explore what my desires really were from a place that was free of agenda, free of trauma, free of all these forces, because it's the world we live in. So creating these sacred spaces, either woman to woman, when we work one-on-one or in, I work sometimes in really small groups where women can support each other. It's it's transformational. Our confidence, our creativity, our earning power, all of it changes when we connect Mm -hmm. to this. It's like a source. It's like this fountain of power. Oh, I love it so much. You know, a lot of our, our listeners are mothers, you know, and they're anywhere from just new mothers or they're going to begin mothering all the way to women that are grandmothers and maybe great grandmothers. And so, you know, but in this, in this, in motherhood, you know, like you said earlier, we do, we give our bodies away and then we feel so drained and then we're not interested in sex. And obviously we all know what that does to the relationship. Right. Because the man is always seems to be, I'm ready. Right. And we're like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, slow your roll. Yeah. And everything about the culture of mothering, most of what we're taught is, and mothering naturally is a giving experience, right? Mm-hmm. And so my, uh, my training uh, before I became a sexual, sacred sexuality teacher, I worked as a lactation consultant. So I worked with mothers in those tender new days of really not just pregnancy, but if women breastfeed, the level of, of offering our bodies to life, right? Mm. And so oftentimes when I'm working with people who are in the younger years with children, it's just about learning how to carve out space for our bodies that's just ours, mm. just what does that look like? How do we do that? Because we can't connect to our sensual selves. If we can't connect to ourselves, you know, when your kids are little, you're lucky if you get to go to the bathroom alone, right? You know, there are years where it's like, oh my God, I got through a shower without somebody calling mama. It's a luxury. (laughs) Taking a shower is a luxury. It's a luxury. That's right. And so how do we start to question the systems that stop us from having a little more resource? How do we give ourselves more well, honoring the deep connection of wanting to be available to our children and wanting to be available to ourselves, our deepest selves that exist in a cycle outside of mothering? And how do we nurture both without dishonoring either? Mm. And then in that crucible, we can start to create authentic, sensual connection. But until there's just a chance to even breathe even know ourselves, but there are little tiny practices you can do. If you're in that early stage of mothering and you hardly get a shower to yourself in that shower, take like your lotion at the end of the shower or your, even your soap and just, just circle your breasts, just offer your breasts loving touch. If you're lactating, if you're not, if you are sexually active with your partner, or if you're not, every woman can begin to just connect the breasts are a beautiful way in 
Mm. The Taoists teach that the breasts are the positive pole of sexuality for women. So if we think about the part, the sexual organs that stick out from our body are our breasts, yeah. right? And that often as women, we want to connect heart first, right? We want to almost penetrate with our hearts. And a lot of times the more masculine partner is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whereas it's more natural, stereotypically speaking, for someone who has that positive pole at the genitals, that yeah. the sticky outy part is the male genitals. It's easy to connect to love first by connecting sexually. We need often to connect the other way. So if we connect to our own sensual nature by massaging our breasts, just giving a moment of honoring to that part of ourselves that represents love, sexuality, nurturing, mm. without it being commodified, without it being on somebody's bra commercial, without it being somebody leering at us, it's just ours. Mm. And by the way, there's an analogous practice for men. So like just connecting to our body. So that's just one little thing you can do if you're, if that's the only thing you have in your day is that mm. shower. And we know that sometimes that's the case. Yes. And I love that. And there's something, I saw something that is so, um, in, that is really integrate that we can integrate here. And it was, it was a meme actually. It said either you connect to have sex or you need to feel connected to have sex. Right. And I feel so much men, and I don't want to generalize, but I feel a lot of times men need sex to feel connected and we need right. to feel connected before right. we can actually enjoy or be open to having sex. That's right. That's the exact description of that Taoist principle, right? It's the exact same thing. Now, it is not always by men and women. Right. A, a great book people can start with is a book called Come As You Are. It talks mm-hmm. about, that. it's a great, great, great book. Come As You Are, Emily Nagoski, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I maybe, I think I have her name right. Um, and we can link to that if you'd like. It's a great book that starts to understand the kind of dynamics you're talking about. It's a great place to start in terms of understanding what do we need to be able to connect to our sexuality when it feels so lost to us? What are those elements we need? And then how can we ask for them, Mm. right? One of the things that we talked about was uh, how do you start to talk to your partner about this? How do you start to say, you know, believe it or not, when, when I have 20, when I, when you walk in the door and take the kids for half an hour, when you get home from work, you'd be amazed at how giving me that half an hour would let me feel more available tonight if we want to be intimate or right. What are the things that you needed to start to identify them, to start to ask for them in a way that doesn't feel alienating to our partners. It doesn't feel blaming. If we come from a place of just accepting that we need it Mm -hmm. where there's so little space for that. And there's a great, if you want, we can link for your partners. There's a great connected communication practice to start having some of these connections about desires, Mm -hmm. about how to talk to our partners, uh, how to start opening these conversations with our partners. If you feel stuck, it's a great place to start. It's a, it's the type of thing where it's set up so that nobody's feelings get hurt and it's not super awkward, you know, because it's, it doesn't have to be about sex. It can just be, you know, what do you need? What do you want? What do you, you know, what's going on? And it, it creates safety and communication. And ultimately, again, needing to feel connected to need to be intimate, can, communication is such an important part of that. And we're not taught that either. We're not taught about no. how to communicate about sex. No, we're just taught that women have babies and men ejaculate. That's pretty right. much. <laughs> right. <how it> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. They took an hour to tell me that. Um, right. 
So I really, I really appreciate that in, in, in this conversation. And, you know, I also feel there's this, there's this element of pleasure and even our women, so much our inability to feel pleasure and not necessarily sexual pleasure, but pleasure in life. You know, we're always doing, going, checking the boxes, trying to keep everyone alive. It's so much. It's so much. It's It's so so much. Much. And we, we always hear this term thrown around self-care. We always hear thrown around self-love. And the, really the question is, everybody knows self-care is more than bubble baths, right? Yes. Um, how do you do it? How do you access these things? And I think one of the big answers is finding pleasure. Even if it's, I remember when my kids were little, like, you know, that, that age where they're constantly, you can't even have a cup of coffee because they'll spill it on themselves and burn mm-hmm. them. Taking a moment, and having that first sip of whatever is delicious, your warm coffee, or like really, you know, snuggling into your bed last thing at night and taking that moment to feel your soft bed and your soft pillows. Where are the tiny moments when you're washing your face with that washcloth and attuning to those things as pleasurable and offering themselves to our nervous system, mm-hmm. to our body, minds, hearts, spirits as pleasure, and just breathing them in. It can be the littlest things. And we start to understand then worthiness of pleasure, access to pleasure. We open our nervous system to remember to receive pleasure. I had one client who set her watch to go off random times in the day and promised herself 30 seconds of something pleasurable, even if it was just a deep breath in that moment, you know, little random acts of pleasure in our day, Mm, microdosing pleasure, which she called it. Yeah. I love that random acts of pleasure. I love that. And it's really about becoming present in the moment because the presence is pleasure. It's attuning to whatever you're doing and being fully there. But we also know as moms, we're multitasking and thinking about all the things that need to be done. So it's not about having this expectation of being present all the time because it's going to be, unless you're enlightened and you're, you know, some spiritual guru that's, you know, living in the mountains, you know, but to really bring this home for moms, like what to, for us to really start to connect to our sacred sexuality, I would love to move into that. And like, how do we create that space? And, and what are some things that you help your clients do to really start to kind of break down the walls of of the walls that we have up from our pleasure and from our sacred sexuality. So the place I love everyone to be able to start is with ourselves and our own bodies first. So we really don't have anything to offer other people and unless we really are connected to ourselves. And so, you know, it can be harder when your children are really little, although there's always nap time, yes. but a, an once a week, setting aside a little bit of time for self-pleasure. And by that, I mean, it can be a masturbation practice or it can be, I don't even want to go that far explicitly sexual with my own body, but just what does it mean to offer myself sensual pleasure? So once a week, light that candle, shut the door. Maybe I'm oiling my whole body head to toe. Maybe I am touching myself in a way that is intended to bring me to orgasm. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm exploring a new kind of touch that offers me pleasure that expands my vocabulary about what brings my body pleasure. So Mm -hmm. the breast massage that we mentioned earlier, women can learn to orgasm from breast massage alone. We are 
endlessly, and this is one of my areas of like completely nerding out. We are endlessly orgasmic as women, whereas it's a different set of neural pathways for male bodied people that Mm. like, there are so many ways to access pleasure. And after I'd had my little ones and my body really felt so numb and turned off, Mm -hmm. I, I remember my, one of my teachers saying, if you can, you know, if you practice breast massage every day for a month and it didn't change your life, I can't imagine that. And I practiced breast massage every day for months. And I was like, boy, I must be really something wrong with me again. Right. And then one day I started having tremendous orgasms while I was doing this breast massage, like just mm-hmm. like I, who knew that I was capable of this. I felt so limited and contracted and shut down. And all of a sudden I could access levels of pleasure that never would have dreamed. I was like, where did that come from? So it's staying with it. It's offering ourselves the little bits of pleasure that Mm -hmm. knowing that maybe it will transition into something massive like that, or maybe it will just be new ways of embodying sensual confidence that then our partner suddenly like, Hmm, there's something different about you today. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to kiss you a little bit longer. Or we ask our partners, you know, can I just sit and would you just listen to me grieve about the state of the world or tell you all the things I'm worried about, or, you know, let me be worried about the children and that, and just don't even answer. You just listen to me. Right. Or many of the practices I recommend are also emotional clearings, uh, purifications, something you touched on about, uh, you know, we have all this backlog of busyness in our day and how do we even access that mindfulness? And you touched on a deep teaching of Tantra, which is, even our most difficult emotions can transform with mindfulness into pleasure. Mm. There are practices where we literally take our most negative emotion and start inviting pleasure into our bodies. And it literally alchemizes that emotion, releases it and transforms it into something that's empowering to us without saying, Oh, I have to be happy all the time, or I can't feel just rage, or I can't feel deep grief. No, that it becomes pleasurable, almost orgasmic to do go all the way into those deep emotions and be by that mindfulness you mentioned. So there's so many ways to do that and just offering ourselves that permission to let all of us, right? How many of us have started crying during sex and our partners are like, what did I do wrong? Right? Know that depth of everything is embodied in our sexuality and teaching our partners about that, giving ourselves permission. So those I do believe it all starts with self-touch, self-practice, self-pleasure, and then letting whatever arise, whether it's deep pleasure, numbness, remembering that numbness is a feeling. Yeah. I felt so numb in connection to my body for so long. And I just sat with the numbness, sat with my heart that had just felt frozen over that, mm-hmm. that my sacred sexual center, my pussy felt just iced over. I would, that she would ever wake up again, felt lost to me. Mm-hmm. But we know neurologically what wires together, fires together, creating awareness, right? That sensate focus, concentrating our on our erotic feelings and just inviting them back. It comes back. Mm-hmm. It's not lost. Even if you've never felt it. I have pre-orgasmic women in my practice. I have people who feel shut down or have had trauma that it's all recoverable. Mm-hmm. Like, and then beyond what you could have imagined, just mm-hmm. knowing that. If I'd known that, I would have felt so different taking on this journey. Oh, I love that because it gives every woman hope. Like there is so much hope. You're not broken. Like so many of us feel broken, 
So just knowing that other people feel broken, you don't, you can know that you're not broken. You're not broken. There's no way to be broken. We are affected by our life experiences, but we are endlessly spiritually, emotionally, and neurologically plastic. We continue to change. Also just acknowledging the seasons of a woman's life. We're not meant to be one thing all our lives. That we don't lose our sexuality when we become a mother or when we go through the menopausal transition that we continue to deepen into it and that it becomes more that we have to offer ourselves and our partners, not less. Oh, I love this so much. And, you know, for so many women that I know as they get older, they really start to expand sex, you know, sexually. I, why is that? Do you, is there something there that I just can't, I don't understand, but I know that there's a trend. I know it's, it's mysterious, isn't it? I mean, again, there are many spiritual traditions that talk about how a woman comes into her power through these great transitions in life. Mm -hmm. If you think about motherhood alone from the energy body perspective, right? We are opening our bodies at the first chakra at the sexual center to a degree that it's a, it's an energetic and physiological transition, whether your birth is vaginal or by, by surgical means, right? We are still opening our bodies and rewiring our entire energy body. The Mm. same thing with the menopausal transition. It's, we are rewiring our bodies to greater and greater capacity. And so if we work to bring our sexuality along, to catch it up, to bring it through the sort of the dust and debris that accumulates through life and through the messaging of the world we live in. If we consciously bring it along, it has a chance to only expand because we only expand in our, our depth as we get older. Why wouldn't our sexuality? Yes. Yes. The I best know. years are ahead of us. I think that's what we need to know. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so much hope. And okay. So now that we've created this, like the sacred place. And I, I'm really fascinated about the breast massaging and, and orgasms from that. I just thought there was just kind of one kind of orgasm, but I hear there are many types of orgasms. Mm-hmm. There, there very much are. And I think there not only are there as many types of orgasms as there are women, mm-hmm. but there are our capacity, the way we're wired, our capacity for pleasure is so endless. Mm-hmm. And if we think about it, right, just from a physiological perspective, and again, here's the breastfeeding specialist in me, right? The contractions of birth, the contractions we sometimes experience with orgasm and the contractions that eject milk from the breast are all the same hormone. That's the oxytocin. That is the, at at writ large, those are the contractions that bring the baby into the world. So uh, all levels, it's all, our hormonal system is so wired together. That's Mm. the bonding hormone. Again, we need to connect right? It's that deep bonding hormone. Mm -hmm. And so we have very many ways to access these different systems, these different where we're wired. Many people have probably heard, and they may have seen the newer drawings of the clitoris and how it has deep wings all around the vulva that swell with blood, their erectile tissue, just like the penis. Mm -hmm. And so the capacity for pleasure, there are no greater concentration of nerve endings anywhere in any other type of human body. So, and that doesn't even count the erectile tissue up inside the vagina. And I was, you don't need to know that to experience the pleasure. You don't need to be like a neurological nerd. We just need the time to slow down. You know, uh, again, I'm, there's nothing I, I will ask my clients to do that I wouldn't 
practice myself. So all the practices that I prescribe and I, I have a library of them, I do. And so I had heard, you know, like, what if you, you know, we massage our breasts, just give yourself a minute or two. And what if you sat and did this breast massage practice circling the breasts, you know, down from the armpits around or up towards the armpits and, you know, how many minutes would you sit and do that? Or how many days in a row would you do that? And I was practicing that. And I started noticing physiological changes of arousal because I was like, all right, I'm going to set a timer and just see how long till my arms just get too tired. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Love it. I was like, I'm going to be, you know, the, the astronaut or whatever, the explorer of the erotic edge at one point, you know, offering myself gentle, slow arousal. And that whole thing about women take 20 to 40 minutes to become totally turned on. And if we don't offer ourselves that, how can we expect our lovers to? Oh, our, right? our lovers have no idea. They have no idea. They're so clueless. Right. So it's like, I know if I give myself an hour and I commit to like a bath and oiling myself over all over and doing breast massage and touching every part of me with love and reverence, acceptance, offering love to the parts of me that I look in the mirror and don't want to think about or yeah. facing the parts of me that, you know, like accepting those thoughts that we'll all have about parts of ourselves that we don't, lo don't love. And then moving past it with mindfulness and still choosing to love ourselves mm -hmm. and touching ourselves. And then maybe then we touch our pussy. Maybe then we touch our vulva. Maybe then we get out our toys or whatever. Yeah. And noticing that if I've given myself that amount of time, what pleasure I'm capable of, then mm -hmm. when we go back to our partners, we like, look, let me show you what I'm capable of with this sincere excitement. Like, look what my body can do and sharing that and male partners, I mean, I have them pop their head in the Zoom screen all the time, but I do all my sessions by, you know, Zoom say, thank you. You know, thank you. They just, yeah. husbands love me because oh. they're finding out these incredible parts of their wives they've never had access to because we never had a, have ourselves. Yes. Yes. They can't know unless we know. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Mm, that is so, so beautiful. Truly just taking that time to explore. And there's, one thing you really touched on is this, you know, so many of us have these body issues, mm -hmm. you know, our body images that keep us so shut down and don't, you know, there's, it's one thing I realize like the more that I love my body, it transforms. Exactly. Isn't that magical? It's magical. It so magical, but it's a portal we have to go through those first times we stand in front of the mirror and commit to loving our bodies, or we get the mirror out we look at our vulvas and we face the it can be terrifying and to be present to that to know we were taught that that is not organic to us mm -hmm. that benefits somebody that we hate ourselves like that that benefits somebody making money or getting a benefit or a profit in some way from us hating ourselves there is no organic reason for us to believe any of that but it's hard to walk through. It is scary to walk through. Know that it will be uncomfortable yeah. and that you can choose to love yourself through it. And if you need more support, you can reach out to our sisters creating. Yes, to me, certainly I do this work every day, but to get a, a, a girlfriend and say like, you know what, I'm going to give you a compliment every day. And your job is to sit there and inhale and not even say anything and not brush off the compliment. And when I first started going on women's retreats and tantric retreats, I would come back and I would go to the gym and I'd be in the gym changing the next week. And I would be thinking, 
look, she's the goddess and she's the goddess and she's the goddess. Like we fill up with that love and then we can see it. I live in a neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York, where my gym is filled with every age, every size, every ethnicity of women. Mm -hmm. And they're all so beautiful, so beautiful. And to be in touch with that, Mm -hmm. then how could I then look at my body and not feel the same way about my stretch marks and the soft belly where I had my children or whatever it is. And to notice that with reverence Mm. and it does change, but it's hard. It's not, it doesn't start out easy for most women. No, I don't think any women. We have to unravel all of the conditioning and all of these lies and illusions based on fear that we've been told and that we've kind of owned that really we don't own. That's right. They're not, they're not the truth. Mm-mm. They are, and sometimes we have those mystical moments. Sometimes for women, it is like right when they're giving birth or after they've given birth, when they are like, "Oh my God, I did this! <laughs> I yeah. brought forth this little person," and we can remember that it's like a knowing of something divine and way mm-hmm. greater than us. Yeah. As a side note, the heart of sacred sexuality is a, a spiritual path in the sense of knowing ourselves as connected to the divine. Mm-hmm. our pleasure as connected to the divine and this sense of something greater than ourselves coming through us that can, yes, happen in partnered sex. And that's what you hear about when you hear about tantric sex. And yes, that's beautiful and deep and divine, but it's knowable in those moments in the middle of the night when your little or not so little kid wakes you up and needs comfort. Mm-hmm. It's knowable in birth, in every time you latch that baby in, in, in watching your children become parents in all those moments of knowing ourselves as the goddess, essentially. Yes. And it's so accessible to us through our bodies, which is the thing that most religious traditions are trying to get us away from, right? Oh no, uh, not yes. the body. Right? Yes. Well, and most of us, we leave the body. We're right. always in our, in our minds. We're yes. always in the stories and, but we're never like really grounded. Right. And even in spiritual work, people are floating up and away. They want to get away from the body. The heart of every session I do is what are you feeling in the body? And let's be in deep communion with what it has to tell us. Mm. Mm. So, you know, that's why this work is as powerful for the spiritual seeker as it is for someone whose relationship or their mothering or their career. It's across all the places you want to grow in your life because it starts with the bringing our spirit down into our bodies and letting express truth through the vessel we live in, which is Mm. our body. Mm. Yes. It's so beautiful. And it's, but the body is the portal, right? It is. And we just, we've been kind of told like your body isn't right. And it's not, but it is, it's it's a universe. It's so magnificent. Yes. It truly is. And it takes us relearning that whether it's through levels Mm. of trauma or yes. levels of body shame, or just shame about sexuality in general to think yeah. about, you know, just it can feel dirty, or like we owe it to somebody, or if it's for somebody mm-hmm. else, or yeah. all those layers that we continually move through. Yes. And as when we have the, the incredible privilege of having a woman's body, and right, our bodies were chosen to, to be able to handle the responsibility of bringing through life this way, mm-hmm and bringing through pleasure this way. Mm-hmm. We, we, our bodies were chosen for this. Our systems were built for pleasure, for 
connected with nurturing, connected with being in connection with each other. Mm -hmm. That relates to being in connection with the divine also. We're wired for this connection. That's the same oxytocin connection, right? So no matter what lens you look at it through, there's such a a wellspring of, of information, of divinity, of love, of pleasure, and it's so crusted over by the messages of our culture that just are so painful and, and so deeply layered in since the time we're such little girls. Yes. Yes. Truly. That's what, that's when it really started when yes. we were little. Right. Every yeah. bit of messaging mm-hmm. all the way through. I, I've yet to find a woman who doesn't have that in them somewhere. Even the most sex positive families still were in this culture where what do you do when you send a daughter out in the world? What do you do when your children start to masturbate? What do you do when your children want to start having sex? How do you hold that for them? Who we are as mothers and how we lead our children into their sexual Mm -hmm. adulthood is also another huge question of this work. How do we create Mm -hmm. sex positivity with, with, with the beautiful guidelines of whatever our family values are, right? How do we create adults, young adults who are living in their sexual truth without, you know, without taking on all the garbage that the world is offering them as well? Yes. And truly, you know, this is why I believe so much in your work, Suzanne, is to really help open up mothers and help them truly step into their power of pleasure and sexuality, sacred sexuality, so that we can be examples for our daughters so that these cycles don't continue and we don't spend half of our lives not enjoying sex or really truly, you know, having the love and the intimacy that we deserve. That's exactly right. And to chance to break the cycle, right? Because our mothers didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Their mothers didn't know any better. And we have available to us so much more than our mothers did. And not just in terms of information, but it's a different society than it was for our mothers. Mm -hmm. And so we have the opportunity to start to change the cycling, give different messaging, but it's also not really clear what that messaging is or how it should be. Yes, I have a daughter, you know, how do we handle that? How do we navigate that? How do we teach that Mm. in a way that takes into consideration the world in which we live, but also is deeply empowering of our own bodies and our own pleasure. It's so nuanced. It's not straightforward, but leading by example, leading by just the very, the way we walk in our bodies, the way we live, the way we celebrate ourselves as women transmits. I think probably more than any lesson, right? If we think about what our mothers told us versus what they lived, we took in what they lived more more deeply, right? And so by extension, how we live in our own embodiment, in our own sensuality, will transmit to our children. Mm. And so the chance to do that for me and for the generations going forward, it's, yeah. it gives me so much hope. So much hope. And I, that really resonates with me just raising two boys, you know, for mm. them to yes. not continue the cycle of that men are on, that they're right. ignorant to a woman's body, woman's body and their <laughs> pleasure and how you know, their pleasure is just as important That's right. as women's, you know, the women's pleasure is just as important. And it's, it's, it's important. I mean, I'm, my kids are eight and 10. We're already talking about women's anatomy and yep. understanding because, you know, for so long, my parents didn't talk to me about anything. 
And I, we played we played consent games at that young of an age. Mm-hmm. I would say, oh, I see we're wrestling. It's only fun yeah. if it's fun for both partners in the wrestling match on the middle of the living yeah. room floor. As soon as it's not fun for one person, the minute one person says stop, the game's over. Mm-hmm. So we, I played those games. I think my kids didn't know they were about consent, but we started teaching yeah. those ideas rather than like whoever overpowers the other one wins, right? right? Now, of course, there are times in life for straight up competition in wrestling, Right. Especially when you got two boys wrestling on the living room floor, but to introduce yeah. those ideas and to start saying like, you know, is this fun for everybody? Because if it's not fun for everybody, it stops. Yeah. And to start understanding deeply what it means for this to be a deep yes for everyone. Mm-hmm. And then to start knowing what our yeses are, to talk to boys about, and girls, about the presence of pornography and yeah. what it's doing neurologically. We won't even touch morally, but what right. it's doing neurologically to, I, because I'm in this field, I have young men coming to me all the time who have been neurologically programmed to that lit up screen in ways we know, right? Yeah. But how do you have those conversations with, mm-hmm. with, young, with young men, right? Yeah. So there's so, and if, when it comes from a place of not shaming them, not fear, you know, just like, look, I want you just like, I want you to know, you know, whatever drugs and alcohol are out there. I want you to know that this is something out there. That's not your teacher. Right. Right. And um, so these are big, big, big conversations, all of them. And as mothers, whether your children are little or are bigger, Mm -hmm. or you're looking at grandkids, they're always part of our consciousness as a parent. Mm, Yes. Oh my gosh. So much to take in. And what I love so much about this conversation is really this one element of giving ourselves permission to have pleasure and to make it a priority, yeah. to really prioritize it in our lives and make time for it. To make time for it for ourselves, owed to no one. Mm-hmm. What does pleasure really feel like from that sip of our coffee or whatever the little bit of pleasure is like, is it like my favorite pajama that, you know, that I buy myself something that like is really silky and feels good to me mm-hmm. all the way to types of orgasm we've never imagined. Yeah. That's really ours yeah. exploring it as pleasure. What really is pleasure? And then just breathing it into our whole system, mm-hmm. just drinking it in and allow, because we are so busy, like you said, rushing from thing to thing. Yes, slow down. And to slow down even just for that 30 seconds to feel what it's like to mm-hmm. off. And it will, that feeling of being completely tapped out as a mom, mm-hmm. the best medicine for it is offering ourselves pleasure. And sometimes it takes getting away from all the stimulus to even find out what that is. Yeah, totally. But it can be as little as just tuning into that mindfulness you mentioned in the moment and noticing mm-hmm. what's beautiful in the room around me. Mm-hmm. A great practice is to just tune into your five senses. What smells, what would smell good right now? What, mm-hmm. what is beautiful in the room or in the, in out my window right now? What, mm-hmm. what would feel good against my skin? What would taste good, mm-hmm. right? Just tuning into our five senses and recalibrating from there. We would, we will have so much more to offer those around us. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. So beautiful. Suzanne. I just love it. Where, so you have a free gift for my, for our people, our community. Can you tell us about that? And, and then I'll make sure there's a, a link that they can. Absolutely. Yes. Let's do that. So uh, if people go to my website, which is suzannajarian.com, there's a practice you can download from there that isn't, 
an intro to a slow connection to the body through some breathing and some mindfulness. So it's a great way to step into reconnecting to our bodies when we feel like we don't know the way in. I love that. And just for your listeners, what we'll do is we'll put up a link for a, a connected communication practice Ooh. so that they can they can bring to their partners to talk about just to begin to break the ice on hard subjects. It can be around sex or not. You can make it about whatever subject or any. It can be open-ended hmm. just to start creating deeper safety in communication, which mm-hmm. can be about it. ultimately can lead to talking about our intimacy, but doesn't have to. It might give us some of that connectedness we crave that you were mentioning. So that would be a lovely uh, just thing for people to download, look it over, see if your partner wants to try it. It's short. You know, the whole thing is over in 15 minutes. And then people, I want everyone to know, if you want to talk more with me about this, we can always jump on a short call. I do 30-minute calls with people who are interested in this work and want to talk about what it's like. And I want to say, we will assess together what feels safe for you. Yeah. It's not like we're going to jump right into these heavy-duty practices that feel overwhelming to your nervous system. Yeah. Slow is more, mm-hmm. easier is better. Mm-hmm. And this is just about what your goals are and how to drop in and whether that works for you. Because I know this is a lot for people to take on. Definitely. And I will say the reward is commensurate. Like the reward of doing this work pays dividends in all areas of our lives. So even if you just try the breathing practice, you'll notice mm. the difference. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really loved talking with you. Oh, I feel the same way, Suzanne. I am just so grateful you came and brought your gift and wisdom and insight and that you are helping moms and women truly awaken this divinity within us. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. That's it. Awesome. All right, everyone. I'm going to make sure we have links on the show notes. And um, yes, just make sure that I'll put uh, Suzanne's website and these free gifts. And again, thank you so much for offer, for all your offerings for us. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, everyone. We'll catch you on the next Tippy Moms podcast. Bye.